Jefferson Church International, where our church motto states, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If there's anything that we can do to create a better worship experience for you, reach out to us at www.ltcind.org. We'd love to hear from you. And again, welcome. Morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Pastor Johnson, and I'm elated that you took time out of your busy schedule to join the Liberty Christian Church International broadcast today. Hallelujah. God is worthy of our praise. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Listen, let's do something different today. We're going to make some declarations concerning our future. We're going to make some declarations concerning our stance in Christ Jesus. Are you ready? Let's go. Come on and say, I am the blessed of the Lord. Declare this out loud. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Come on and say, I can do all things. Through Christ, that strengthens me. I abide according to the will of God. I live according to the word of God. I am made in the image and likeness of God. Therefore, I have victory on every side. Victory in my mindset. Victory in my lifestyle. Victory in my thought process. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. All things, come on, work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into that place and they are safe. In the name of Jesus, we have victory. We have healing. We have abundance, hallelujah. We have overflow, glory. We have power, come on. We have strength. Uh, we have ability. We have stability. I am smeared with the anointing of God. I am blessed, prosperous, and successful according to my faith in the word of God. In the name of Jesus, the devil is under our feet in the name of Jesus greater is coming to me in the name of Jesus this next chapter of my life has not been told it has not been written but it shall be a delight it shall be a breath of fresh air God's anointing is before me and his hand of protection is behind me I decree and declare health, wellness, blessings, favor, and abundance from my declaration in the name of Jesus. It is so. Come on, put a praise on there. Hallelujah. Come on and put a praise on it. If you decree and declare what you've done, hallelujah, what God has said, it shall be done. Listen, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I know that as you declare those things in the realm of the spirit, that there's some going to be some things that are going to break open for you. Something great is going to happen for you, not only today, but over the next seven days. I decree and declare that act in your life. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Stay tuned.
the Lord with me. How many came to praise the Lord? No matter what the situation may be, no matter how things may seem, we're going to give God the praise. The Bible clearly declares, let everything praise Him. Come on and join in on this.
on and bless the Lord and understand that we never could have made it without Him. Never
Hallelujah. 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 How many people have that testimony this morning that you never could have made it if it had not been for the grace of God, the mercy of God, the power of God, the anointing of God. God, as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, as we prepare our spirits to hear what thus saith the Lord, I'm, I'm inclined to stop for a moment and just tell somebody that God has not forsaken you. He has not forgotten you. All that you've been through, all that you're going through, all that you've seen is setting you up for your elevation at this moment. At this hour, at this time, in this season of your life. The Bible declares that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men. Neither the depths nor the heights of what God is getting ready to do with you. I know you cried last night. I know it hurt last night. I know you were broken last night. But the Bible declares that weeping may endure for a night. But guess what? Joy. Somebody shout joy. Joy comes in the morning. Joy over your situation. Joy in the midst of your circumstances. And if you're not going through anything, I'm telling you that the joy that's on the inside, go ahead and shout for somebody else. Go ahead and shout for somebody that you may not even know, somebody you may not even understand. But I dare you offer up a praise right now on behalf of somebody else. Somebody who just faced death. Somebody who went to the doctor and the doctor told them that they only had a certain amount of time to live. Somebody who the doctor said that you're experiencing COVID-19. Somebody who's experiencing cancer. Somebody who experienced a heart attack. Somebody who experiencing diabetes. I dare you go ahead and open up your mouth and begin to prophesy over their life. Sometimes we got to get past that time when we're only thinking about ourselves. And I dare you begin to intercede on behalf of somebody, on behalf of this nation, on behalf of your church, on behalf of your family, on behalf of your loved ones, on behalf of that unborn baby. I dare you begin to speak generational blessings over that person. Why? Because God has called you to that place. He's called you into that season. He's called you into that mindset. He said, I came that you might have life. And because you have life, I dare you share that life with someone else. I dare you share that life with someone who is on the brink of hurt, on the brink of destruction, on the brink of darkness. I dare you share the light that I put on the inside of you. The word says that I came that you might have life 
and have that more abundantly. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, in the midst of everything, while we are in this place of worship, while we are in the sanctuary of the Most High, I ask you, oh God, right now to raise up your standard, to touch even every last person under the sound of my voice so, God, that lives can be changed, souls can be delivered, healing can take place, and you can get the glory out of today. I ask you for no glory. I ask you for no honor, God. I ask you to hide me behind the cross. Your servant that was a wretch undone, but you picked me up out of the dirt. And if you can do it for me, you can do it for anybody under the sound of my voice. And in return, God, I glorify you. I love you and I worship your name. It is in Jesus' name, the name that tears down strongholds, Jesus' name, the name that breaks cycles, Jesus' name, that destroys generational curses, in Jesus' name. There's power in his name. There's power in the blood. There's power when you call on that name. I just dare you call on the name. Jesus, I dare you call on the name Yeshua. I dare you call on his name. And I guarantee you situations change. Life shifts. His power happens. So God, we honor you. We magnify your name. We adore you and we love you. It is in Jesus' name that I pray amen 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 wherever you are let's give God a hand clap of praise on this morning I am just so excited to be with you on today welcome to Liberty Christian Church International where our motto is where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty amen and so this morning it is an exciting moment and I want you to take a listen to this video very quickly and then we're going to jump into some word on this morning please do me a favor if you're streaming our service this morning share this with some Go ahead and like this. Tell us that you're here. We want to know that you're here. We would love for you to come join us at 1856 Rochelle Avenue in Capitol Heights, Maryland. I'm just excited about this word today. I don't know if you can tell. I'm dressed down. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to begin to get on the battlefront. And if you have been with us over these last three, almost four weeks, we have been talking about the battlefront. Somebody say battlefront. And if you hear and you're now, we please listen to this video in its entirety. Amen. Amen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, 
and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God with all prayer and petition. Pray at all times in the spirit and with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to jump straight into some word on today. And we're going to make our Bible declarations very quickly. If you have your Bibles, your cell phones, whatever you may have. Please repeat after me. Hold them up. Cell phones, Bibles, whatever you may have. And repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible it is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Your scripture has already been read this morning, but I want to read it again because in part, in part with this series, I need you to grab hold of this principle clause, this principle text that all Christians and all believers must take hold of in their life. And in order for us to deal with today where there is power in the battle, you have to hear this scripture again. Get it embedded into you. You know, the more times you hear scripture, scripture, the more it becomes a part of your normal language, your normal vocabulary. The Bible says that we should study to show thyselves approved, a workman who need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word. So I need you to get some pens. I need you to get your paper. I need you to get this scripture in its whole. It's Ephesians, the sixth chapter, beginning at the 10th verse. And it simply says this. I want you to hear it once again, and I'm going to read it for you. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might and put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. I need somebody to declare that I can stand firm. I, I can stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And then verse number 12 says, for I struggle. Get this, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly, what, places. Verse number 13 says, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist 
in the evil days, having done everything to do what? Stand firm. Verse number 14, stand firm, therefore having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then it goes, it says 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We talked about that last week. Verse number 16, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse number 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mysteries of the gospel. And verse number 20 says this, for which I am an ambassador in chains, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The word of the Lord is already blessed. I need to talk to you this morning and really deal with you from this topic, from this theme, from this subject, power for battle. Powered for battle. Over these last four weeks, we've been dealing with the first week we dealt with preparing or having the plan of a father for battle. In week number two, we dealt with preparing for battle. And then last week, we took off a little bit more because we went on the offensive and we dealt with being equipped for battle. But I'm closing out this series today with the will of the Lord that we're going to stand on accessing and tapping into the power of God. Somebody say the power of God. There is not an opportunity or a time when you're a child of God that you should not go into the battle with a full energizer battery in your prayer life. A full energizer battery in your life. Everybody remembers the energizer bunny, how it just kept going and going and going no matter how long it had to go. But this is something that each and every last one of us as a Christian should be grabbing hold of is that we have to access and tap into the power of God, the power of his anointing, the power of his praise, the power of our worship, the power when we're fighting a battle. And because we are Christians, we are on the battlefront of this fight, this battlefront against the enemy, this battlefront against the uh, the wiles of the enemy, the, the devices of the enemy, the preparation of the enemy. He has planned out your attack and so now we got to take something back against him amen we got to take something and prepare our minds and prepare our hearts to fight and counter along with what God has planned for us because we know that God has already won the war but individually we fight our own battles and fight our own situations and God is asking us and preparing us and equipping us with power to defeat the enemy's tactics. Somebody say, I have power. 
Because if you have power in the battle, there is nothing that the enemy can throw at you. There is nothing that the enemy can surprise you with that you are not already prepared for. What is this power I'm talking about, Pastor Thomas? What is this power that you're dealing with? Well, we're going to get into that on today. But I need you to know that there is a power on the inside of you. There is a power that we talked about last month on the day of Pentecost, and his name is the Holy Spirit. So now I need need you to grab hold of and tap into this power. Somebody say power. How do I tap into this power? Where does this power come from? Well, we already said that it's from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but there is a, a, a place that you have to be that this scripture teaches us on today that we're going to see and we're going to survey to understand and make sure that we are receiving and using the power that we have. You know I'm a three-point preacher, and I like to give y'all three points and, and make sure that you get something out of this. My, I, I got to give a shout-out to, to our executive pastor who has been teaching these wonderful uh, series in Bible study where he did victory lap, and that empowered me by itself because we came from one of my favorite texts, Romans 12 and 2. I like 1 and 2 where it says, I beseech thee, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, acceptable and holy, which is your reasonable sacrifice service. Part of that is the power that we're tapping into. But then it goes on to say this, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind is a process. Renewing of your mind uh, allows you to tap into and change the course of what you have been programmed by the world. So when you renew your mind, you are, uh, you are accepting and taking on a virus scan that's eliminating everything that has uh, given you a destructive nature in this world. Somebody say it's time for a virus scan. So this morning, I want you to really grab hold of this virus scan. And I need you to understand this and develop this mindset. See, the more the Holy Spirit works in your life, the more Christians will be used in battle. I need somebody to understand that being a Christian does not mean that you just get to sit on the sideline. Being a Christian does not mean that you just get to walk willy-nilly around just saying and proclaiming that I'm a Christian and nothing is going to happen to me. But the more you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, the more God is going to use you in battle and the more they are used in battle the more that you are used in battle the more there will be personal cost and tiredness see a lot of people don't want to hear that a lot of people say God I've been through too much I I done fought too much I done been through too much in my own life to get to this point why do I have to continuously battle because before you were not fighting against the enemy you were fighting for the enemy you were fighting on his behalf, and you were fighting against the plan of God. You were fighting against the will of God. You were fighting against the purpose of God. But right now, I need you to know that when you gave your life to Christ, or when you give your life to Christ at the end of this service, that there are going to be attacks that come against you because the, the enemy does not want to lose his souls. He wants to take as many people with him to hell. He wants to take as many people with him and make them suffer because he suffers. Because he knows his fate. He knows where his, his end result is. So now you got to understand that there's a personal cost and tiredness comes from serving God. 
serving Christ, taking on the mantle, taking on the shield of faith, taking on the sword, which is the word of God, putting on the helmet of salvation, which I told you about two weeks ago, shouting your feet with the gospel of peace, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. There is a personal cost and tiredness from going through this. You ever talk to an old saint and they said, I'm tired, I'm weary, I've been on the battlefield for so long, I'm, I'm just ready to go home and be with my Savior. It comes from labor, it comes from, uh, from fighting, it comes against from standing for a standard of life. And what they're experiencing now is going from labor to reward. I'm, I'm going to park right there and I, and I really have to truly acknowledge my brother in Christ yesterday who preached his father's uh, eulogy yesterday and, and, and when he talked about the tree that fell, my, my, my brother in Christ, Pastor Orlando Bago of Centerpoint Baptist Church, but when he talked about this fight and he talked about a tree that falls, but he said this tree no matter what comes, whether it's a leaf or whether it's a branch, that it makes waves no matter what. It's a sound coming from this tree and when this tree falls, you gotta realize that there are things that this tree has established in the earth. So we're going to, uh, we, we've got to get to a place that even in tiredness, we're still standing for the battle. I also want to send my condolences and my acknowledgement to Bishop Smalls who passed away and his funeral services were yesterday and we were not able to be everywhere but I want to send his wife and his children and his church family my condolences for that because he was an awesome young man of God. I'm, I'm 43 myself and Bishop Smalls was only 40 and God called him home but oh, and, and so now we see that this tiredness and this labor that, that, that the enemy is watching us is causing things to happen. But I need you to know that getting back to my topic and my, my service about the power in the battle, that it is quite the opposite of what one might first think as a Christian. See, people often cry out for the work of the Holy Spirit and yet forget that when the Holy Spirit works, there's always a tremendous cost to the people of God. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down somebody's street this morning. You might have been saved. You might have been working, but there's a cost that you have to pay. You can't be like everybody else. You can't do the same things that everybody else does. You can't laugh at the same things. You can't uh, live your life the way that everybody else does. You can't do certain things. There's a standard, and a tremendous cost that you have to pay to be the people of God. And see, I have been driven many times upon my, knee, my, upon my knees about the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. Anybody ever been in that place because there's a time and a and a place as a Christian where you feel like you've done so much and you're like God what can I do next God what do I have to do and and I need you to hear that there's a quote from Abraham Lincoln that says this that I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go and get this this is Abraham Lincoln who said this my own wisdom and that of all about me seem insufficient for that day. That, now that was the 16th president of our country and he said that is not even my own wisdom 
that can lead me today. I've been constantly driven to my knees. What, what was Abraham doing? He had to get into the face of God. And, and that was on a magnified scale where he was praying for the country, where he was doing the things that he felt like God was leading him to do. But what about your life? Because too often in our own life do we forget to pray. Do we forget to honor God with the words of our lips? Do we forget to have a worship life? Do we forget to do all the things that God has required of us? And we simply put those things on the back burner, but still want the power of God to work in our life. Somebody say, I got to pray more. I, I got to pray more. I got to be more consistent in my life. I got to begin to be more about the word of God, the will of God, and the purpose of God for my life. And I got you, I need you to understand that there should be an overwhelming conviction on the inside of you that says, God, I haven't spent enough time with you. God, I know my life is out of order. God, I know I've made the mistakes. God, I'm bringing all of my issues and my problems to your feet. See, we got to understand this, that Christians are in a war. And get this, it's a, a war of life and death. It's a conflict between the spiritual hosts of wickedness and those that claim the name of Christ. See, it's not cute that you, that, that, that you don't understand and have not taken your stance. I told you the Bible says that it is better to be hot or to be cold than to be lukewarm. He said, I'll spit you out. I'll heal you out. But it's better to be hot or cold. It's better to serve one master or the other. But you cannot serve both. See, we are in war and there's a conflict between the spiritual hosts of wickedness and those who claim the name of Christ. It is a conflict on the level of ideas between two fundamentally opposite views of truth and reality. Every day you walk out your house, there's a different view between a believer and a non-believer. A believer should be have hope of things eternal. A believer should understand that you're only temporarily here in this life. That your reward is to come when you die and go see Jesus. Your, your reward is in the labor that you're doing here in the earth to bring others into the kingdom of God. Not that you can gain all the money in the world. Not that you can have all the status of the world. Not that your, that your whole legacy is simply left here. No, because when I leave this earth, I want my legacy to get me into the gates of heaven. I want Jesus to look at me and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the gates. I'm ready to receive a crown. I'm ready to have my jewels. I'm ready to put on my new robe. I'm ready to have a new body. But I got to understand that there is a... The, there's a fundamental opposed difference between the world's views and my views. And I have to take a stance. I have to see the reality in that. When you look out your window, when you look at when you look down the hall in your kids' room, there's something different that you should be teaching your kids. Your kids should not hear mommy and daddy cursing on Monday, cursing on Tuesday, never have a prayer life on Wednesday, never read the Bible on Thursday, always cussing somebody out, always walking around with an attitude, but then pop up in church on Sunday saying, I'm delivered and I'm healed. That should not be the reality that your kids see because your kids pick up more by what you do than what you say. So they need to see you in action and tapping into the power of God. 
See, when we talk about this conflict, it is a conflict on the level of actions between a, com a, a complete moral perversion and chaos. See, the enemy doesn't want you to have morals. He wants you to operate in chaos. Too many people get comfortable in chaos. The enemy has done so much chaos and so much mess in your life that all it seems like you function, you function best when you're in chaos. Why? Because the enemy has, put, has portrayed your whole environment or has uh, saturated your whole environment with chaos and you've learned how to function in dysfunction. You've learned how to love dysfunctionally. You learn how to argue in a such a way that you portray that as love. You learn how to be abused, but you portray that as love. Why? Because the enemy has saturated your environment and distorted what love really looks like. The Bible said that love is patient. Love is kind. Love uh, uh, has no record or account of evil doings or wrongdoings. Love is patient. Love is God. I'm talking about the Philios God. I'm talking about the Philios love. I'm talking about the agape love of God. That is the love that we should be operating in. But there is a distinct conflict between moral perversion and chaos and God's absolute. What are God's absolute? That you were created in his image and in his likeness? What are God's absolute? I called you out from amongst them. What is God's absolute about your life? I made you the head and not the tail. What is God's absolute about your life? That you are above and not beneath. What is God's absolute about your life? That when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that you shall fear no evil. I dare somebody begin to speak the God's absolute about your life that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made that I'm created in his image and in his likeness that I'm born for great works that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world I dare somebody begin to speak what the absolutes of God are about you that I'm coming out from my mess that greater is he that's in me that I'm above and not beneath I dare you just open up your mouth because when you open up your mouth with the power of God with the word of God you begin to shift the atmosphere in your life. I dare somebody begin to shift some things. Begin to open up your mouth and call on the name of the Lord. Because what? Because do we really believe that we are in a life or death battle? See, we say that a lot of times. I'm in a life or death war, but do we truly believe that in a spiritual aspect? You know, you're made up of three parts. Your mind, your spirit, and your body. Your mind functions and controls your body. But your spirit, the spirit of God that dwells on the inside of you should control your mind. So that should cause your mind to control your heart. We know that scripture says that the mind, that the spirit is against the flesh so that, the, so that they will not do that which they desire. So that your flesh will not do that which is desires. So operate in the flesh, I mean in the spirit, excuse me. Uh, operate in the spirit so that you will not operate in the flesh why because the flesh is carnal the flesh is uh has lust the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh the flesh operates in a manner that it only seeks to please the flesh it does not seek to please the spirits but do we really believe that part that we play a part in this battle and this battle has consequences for whether or not men or women will spend eternity in hell? I need somebody real quick to really look at yourself 
and ask you, ask yourself, have I been playing my part to keep men and women out of hell? Have you even been playing your part to keep yourself out of hell? Yeah, because when you think about the consequences of you not operating with your gift, there are too many of us who sit there and blame the church for not operating in your gift. Blame uh, your, cir- your circumstances, your situation, what you don't have, what, what has not been afforded to you, who don't like you, who do like you. You blame all of these things as the reason why you won't serve God. God, I just don't have the time. But God said, I gave you the time when I woke you up this morning. I gave you the time when I breathed breath of life into your body for today. When I told you, take no thought of tomorrow for tomorrow has its own issue. Take thought of today. But what are you doing to fight this battle and draw men and women into the kingdom of God? Or are you allowing your family and your friends to spend eternity in hell? Yeah, let's think about that. Are you allowing your family and friends to spend eternity in hell? What are you doing to ensure? Are you planting the seed? Are you watering the seed? Are you living a life that's pleasing in the eyes of God? So that means it should be pleasing or it should be something about you that changes the people around you's mindset. When they see you walk, or are you walking the same way that they're walking? Are you going through seasons in your life where you sound just like them? Or are you declaring the word of God over your life when you're broke, when you're down, when you're hurt, when you're left alone? Are you declaring that you're never left alone? That God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Are you simply declaring the word of God? And are you being an example or are the words out of your mouth just meaningless? Are you experiencing this in your life? In this life, people will live either with meaning or they're living with or they're living meaningless. What are you doing? What is the meaning for your life? And I'm not giving you some self-help right now because there's only one meaning for your life. That's to serve the will of God. Yeah, we came into this life. The Bible said that we were created in his image and in his likeness. So that means my assignment in the earth, no matter what it is, whether I'm the best administrator, whether I'm the best preacher, whether I'm the best football player, whether I'm the best basketball player, whether I'm the best scientist, whether I'm the best doctor, whether I'm the best police officer, all of that should be unto the glory of who? Of God. Because he created me to look like him in the earth. So whatever I'm good at, It should be a reflection of who my God is. It should be a reflection of who I serve. It should be a reflection of the life that I've accepted in my own life. Because I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior. See or ask yourself this. Or whether or not those who do live in a climate of moral perversion and degradation, sadly, we must view We must say that very few in the church world have acted as if these things are true. Oh, I'm coming down somebody's street right now. See, we got to do, we we really got to understand that we have morals as Christians. But a lot of times we try to turn that eye and turn that nose around because we don't want to see what's going on out there. 
We want to keep our moral compass in our four walls. We don't want to step outside those four walls. Oh, who am I talking to today? But we see that God has pulled us out of these normal four walls and, and has taken the message of the gospel or has given us the opportunity to take the message of the gospel to the masses because what he's looking for them and if we're not on our job what does the Bible say that if you don't cry out he'll cause a rock to cry out and I refuse to have something that's inanimate speak out on my behalf when I have a very loud voice if you remember back in the day when you was in the club and somebody threw their hands up and say yeah say yeah and everybody threw their hands up and screamed whatever the catchphrase was then or when your favorite song comes on how loud you'll sing that but how many of you are accused of not even speaking the name of God when you're in the midst of anybody else you barely want to speak the name of God in your own life oh I'm dealing with something today see the church has acted as if these things are true Rather than trumpeting or, uh, or, or talking about our accomplishments or reveling in our growing numbers, it would be closer to the truth to admit that our responses in the world have been a disaster. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, we got mega churches, but we got people that have never heard of God. We're growing, and I'm not, I'm not talking about mega churches. I'm just talking about how we're missing the response. And we're allowing our responses to be a disaster in the world because we're, the world is standing up more for the issues that we're supposed to be standing up for. Mm. Jesus stood up for social injustice. Ah, where, where, where am I going at this morning with this? Jesus called the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees, go back to your father, the devil. Go, because his work was for all people, not just those that were in the temple. Uh, we've gotten too cute that we expect everybody that got problems to walk through the church doors. Oh, I'm dealing with something this morning. We expect them to walk through the church doors and not taking the church to them because we are the church. We build Ah, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm no know whose toes I'm stepping on this morning, but I got to speak what God is saying this morning. We are, at, we are expecting them to walk in the church with their problems instead of meeting them in the place that they're at. Ministry and serving, and serving in ministry is taking God and meeting people in the place where they're at. Somebody write that down. Somebody text that out. I got to take Jesus to the masses. I got to take Jesus to the world. I got to take Jesus and go into the clubs. I got to take Jesus and go into the crack house. I got to take Jesus and go into the trap house. I got to take Jesus and go into these places in the earth because my assignment is not to just sit here and look pretty on Sunday. I got to explain and express that I have a power on the inside of me. The power to tread over lions and young adders. The power to cause things to be not as though they were. To cause healing. I have power. Somebody declare, I've got power. I've got power. Why? And I need you to get this. That my prayer in this scripture that we're reading this morning, 
My first point is simply this, to pray in the power of the Spirit. Why Ephesians 6 and 18 says what? With all prayer and petition, pray at what? All times. Pray in the power of the Spirit. The power that changes. The power that captivated my life. The power that changed the young wretch like me into this man you see today. The power that changed you from being a hoe. The power that changed you from being a drug dealer. The power that changed your life. The power that captivates and compels. Are you ready to see this power in your life with all prayer and petition. Pray at all times. That means I'm laboring on my knees. I'm laying prostrate before the throne of God, not just for myself, but praying that the Holy Spirit take over and have his way. Praying that the Holy Spirit does a new work. Praying that the Holy Spirit begins to work on the lives of my family that's in sin, to work on the lives of my friends that's in sin. I have power to change things in the atmosphere. Somebody say power. Power. The old song said power, power, wondrous working power in the blood of the lamb. I, I have power to change my environment, power to change, to break generational curses, power to bring my life from where it was. I have the power and the anointing of God working on the inside of me that when it rises up, it takes full authority of the atmosphere that I'm in. Power from on high. Somebody say power. See, when you're operating and functioning in power, we have to declare war on the power of darkness. See, that's, that's one thing that, that we're missing. We want power to get wealth. We want power for the finer things in life. But we don't want power to fight that demon we see standing over there. We don't want power to fight against the imps. We don't want power to fight against the things that God has assigned us to because Jesus said what? Where I go, you will be able to do greater works than I did. What did Jesus do? Jesus cast out demons. Demon, Jesus healed the sick. He chained, he, he restored sight to the blind. He healed, he brought the dead back to a life. But we only want power to obtain wealth. We speak wealth and prosperity scriptures a hundred miles of running. But what about deliverance scriptures? What about power to speak life into an atmosphere? Power to speak life into a dead situation? Power to bring our children back home from crack addiction, from drug addiction? Power. Wondrous working power. See, our faith is founded and organized along military lines. That's why this series is called Battlefront. See, history shows us God's soldiers were just like you and I. Get this, some of them were poor. 
Some of them had been thieves. Some of them had been prostitutes. Some of them had been gamblers. And some of them had been drunkards. But let me tell you this. But their testimony of salvation was the result of spiritual warfare by somebody. But where we have made errors so many times because they were converted, but the church did not want them. They were converted, but because they did not look like us. Oh, but I, I came to tell you that most of you look like them. Most of you might still be looking like them. Some of you hiding around and are dealing with uh, 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 gamblers and drunkenness and drug use, and you still show up on church on Sunday. Some of you deal with a promiscuity. Some of you are thieves. Some of you are taking from others. Some of you are living a life that is not pleasing in God's sight, but you show up on Sunday and talk about others because you don't look like they used to or how they look right now, but the truth be told if some of y'all told your story if some of y'all talked about just last week if some of y'all talked about maybe even last night if some of y'all talked about what you was a year ago then you have reason to stand up and testify and said it's nothing but the power of God that compelled me that changed me see you were converted and you got cute you were converted and you didn't put on your camouflage to go back to war. You got converted and you wanted a tuxedo to sit at a table. But God said, no, I didn't dress you and clothe you and change you into my image and in my likeness for you to sit there and be high and mighty. I called you back from them so I could send you back to them to draw them into my kingdom. See, we don't want to admit that. This new you looks one way, but we must work to save those that look like us. <laughs> we got to work to save those that look like us, sinned like us. So we must preach the gospel to who? Us. <laughs> we must march in the streets with the gospel. We must sing in the streets with the gospel. We must become a living testimony of the power of God. Why? Because this, my second point is this, is that we pray for the people of God. We pray for the people of God. Why Ephesians 6 and 18, the second part says this, and with this in view, do what? Be on alert with all perseverance and petition for who? All the saints. Yeah, somebody right next to you that's struggling. There's somebody in your circle that's struggling and saying, God, I need somebody to simply pray for me. I need somebody to intercede for me. 
Yeah, I look like I got it all going together, but I need you. I need somebody to labor for me. I need somebody to intercede and stand in the gap for me. And you should be so in tune in the spirit that when you hear that name in the recesses, it doesn't mean to call them. It means to get on your knees and pray. At 3 o'clock in the morning when you get woken up and you don't know why you get woken up, that don't mean go get a ham sandwich. That don't mean turn on something on TV. That means God is waiting waking you up to talk to you. God has something to say to you. And if more of us would tap into the power of God, we would hear this transmission coming from God. When he gives you dreams and visions, start writing them down and start holding on to it because he said, though the vision may tarry, it shall what? It shall come to pass. So there have been dreams and visions in your life. There have been prophetic words spoken about your life that yes, it has not come to pass, but you have lost hope in it and God said I am not a man that I should lie nor am I the man the son of man that I should repent if I said it Jesus I shall perform it so whose word are you going to believe are you going to believe the word of the Lord or are you going to believe the word of the world I must stand on the word of the Lord because it's ever growing it's ever changing it's always living in my life I got to keep my view on him. I have to be a living testimony. Why do I preach so hard? Why do I talk about Jesus so much? Because when I simply think back over my life, when I simply remember where I was in my 20s and where I'm at in my 40s, when I think back over all that I've been through, when I think about the hell that I caused, when I think about the people's lives that I ruined, when I think about all the stuff that I've done, and I might just be talking about me, but I guarantee if you took about five minutes and begin to think about your own life and the things that you've done that was destructive in your life, if you can't come up with a praise just because of that, think about the mother that you had that did not abandon you. Think about the father that you had that still raised you. Think about the grandmother that took the charge of taking care of you. Think about those people that influenced your life to be the person you are. Yeah, they may not have been the best person, but God allowed them to be the best person for you. Somebody stand to their feet and clap your hands because pray for the people of God. They may not look like you. They may not be in a three-piece suit. They may come to church in jeans and a t-shirt. They may come to church with some issues going on but God said I'm sending you out to get those people because those are my lost sheep and if I got 99 in the church I'm still concerned about that one that's out there somebody declare I'm that one I'm I'm that one and he cared about me I'm that one and he sent somebody he sent his son Jesus to die for me because the power of the anointing compelled me and changed me it set my life and stay in a state because not only that, and I'm just about done. Ah, Jesus, you, a lot of you come to church. A lot of you sit and live and, and are sitting under great leadership. I'm, I'm talking to my leaders and I'm talking to the people right now. See, we pray for the people of God. We, pr we pray with the power of the Holy Spirit. But not only do we pray for those we're going to minister to, 
But we got to pray for those that minister to us. A lot of times we miss the mark of praying for our leaders. We miss the mark of really interceding on their behalf. We miss the mark of laboring for them because they're not right there in our face. But your leaders are on their knees praying for you. And they still need the strength from your prayers for them. We see Abraham. I mean, we see uh, Moses when he was standing there in the battle. And, and, he began, and he held out the staff. And while he held up his arm up, the war was being won. But then he got a little weary. And he had one person on one side of him and one person on the other side. But when Moses began to, 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 uh, to, to get weary and his arm began to fall down and, and the people looked back and said, that's our leader and he's weary. And they began to lose focus on the battle. How many of you know that your leader is standing there with his arms stretched out saying, fight this battle. We can win this war. We are kingdom builders. We are kingdom citizens and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But every now and then your leader begins to get a little heavy hearted, a little weary with his hands and the hand begins to drop. But he needs that person on the left of him and on the right of him that sees his hand going down and can stand up and say, you've done this for me for so long let me be your leaning post let me be your strength for a time let me be what you need right now because in Ephesians 6 and 19 it says what and pray on my behalf the apostle Paul was telling the church at Ephesus that I need your prayers why because the utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth because there's a word that's coming out that gets weary sometimes that gets hurt and down sometimes time and I don't know when I have the right words to say but I'm asking you to pray for me I'm asking you to stand in the gap for me I'm laboring for you but right now I need somebody standing in the gap for me he said to make known with boldness the mysteries of the gospel every time I get before people not just behind the pulpits but every time I get before the people of God, I have to come with boldness. Why? Because boldness changed my life. And if it changed my life, it'll change your life. See, the idea of an army fighting sin should catch the imagination of the people of God. And our army should be growing stronger. It should just not be the pastors and the apostles and the teachers and the evangelists and the prophets. It should not just be them. Yes, they stand in the forefront of it, but behind them should be you. It should be you. I dare you look in the mirror and tell yourself, it should be me. I should have my hand to the back of my leader. I should be pushing them because God God has allowed them to pour into my life. It should be an opportunity that we're growing stronger because we grow stronger in numbers. And if we evangelize with the fiery sermons and the sharp in, in, uh, imagery, we can drive the message home and more and more people can come to themselves willing to leave their past behind and start a new life as a soldier in the army of the Lord. How many people can declare that I'm a soldier? I'm a soldier 
in the army of the Lord. I remember that song. I'm a soldier. I got my combat boots on. I got my fatigues on. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm, I dare you look at yourself, look at your neighbor, look at whoever you want to look at right now and declare, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I got the bruises. I got the marks to bear witness that I'm fighting for the kingdom of God. See, one of the most effective weapons in our arsenal is this, and I'm just about done, and I'm closing on this, is what? Fervent prayer. That is one of the most effective weapons. And get this, it should not be taboo to a Christian to go into spiritual warfare in prayer all night long. Not just for yourself, but for your pastor, for your leader, for your family. Because when you pray for me, God delivers boldness to that person. When you pray for your child, God delivers boldness to come out from the mess that they're in. When you pray for that person next to you, when you pray for that mother that's hurting, when you pray for that father that's an alcoholic, when you Pray for that child that's strung out. When you pray for your church, when you pray for your leader, trust me, there is a boldness attached to your prayer. You can't, no, you can no longer pray these weak prayers. You can no longer simply pray minute and weak prayers asking for a financial blessing when God is saying, I will prosper you as your soul prospers. Because we don't just want to show, but we want the power of God going everywhere in our life. When I walk into my job, the power of God should be present. When I come home from work, as mad as you might be with that job, the power of God should be there. When you get in your car, the power of God. When you deal with your children and the issues they face, the power of God should be there. Matter of fact, the power, if you want to truth be told, the power of God should be telling you what your children are doing before, before you see the manifestation of what your children are doing. Oh, who wants to understand power? Who, who really wants power? See, we want revival breaking out in the streets. We want revival breaking out in the grocery store. We want revival breaking out in the beauty store, the barbershop. We want people flooding the altars everywhere, but we have to show them the power of God, the, the, how the power of God can be manifested. Uh, see, people should be frequently struck down, overwhelmed, and sense the presence and the power of of God when they come in contact with you. There's scripture that talks about the apostles, how they walked and their shadow healed people. God didn't say he took that away from people, but they operated in power. When you walk down the streets, people should be healed. When you open up your mouth and begin to declare the word of God, people should be healed. When you speak the word of God in your home, your home should be healed. When you open up and declare that it is for God I live and for God I die, when you open up your mouth 
and begin to speak to those corners in your home where it looks like darkness is at. You should see a manifestation of light coming in your home. Yeah, they might have came in your home a certain way, but I dare you open up your doors right now. Open up some windows in your house and begin to declare the word of the Lord that demons you gotta go because I'm speaking the name of Jesus. The Bible said, I may not, I do not know you, but Paul and Peter I know. Jesus I know. So now I'm going to speak the name of Jesus in my house because you may not know me, but the one that dwells on the inside of me, the one that gave me life, you know his name. You've already been defeated by him. You've already been cast down, Satan. And if I'm speaking his name, I'm speaking eternal life. I'm speaking power, wondrous working power. Why? Because you got to pray. You got to pray. See, we want revival. We want the power of God. But I dare you begin to speak these things that I'm getting ready to say. And we're done. If you open up your mouth and declare, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. God, where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury and offense, pardon the transgressions. Where there is doubt, God, bring faith into my life. Where there is despair, God, send hope. Where there is darkness, God, reveal your light. And where there is sadness, God, I need you to grant joy. God, you divine master of my soul, grant me that I may not so much to speak to be consoled, but that I may console others. God, speak using me, not just for my own benefit, God, but that I can benefit your kingdom. God, I don't just want to be spoken to, 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 to be understood, but speak to me so that I can understand. I don't just want you to understand me, God, but I want to understand your word and your will in my life. God, I don't just want to be loved, but teach me how to love. God, because it is in your giving that I receive. It is in my giving of myself to others that that I receive the best blessing I can receive. It is in the pardoning, God, of my sins that you gave me that I can pardon those who transgressed against me. God, it is in your pardoning that changed my life. And it is in the dying of your son, Jesus Christ, that I was born again to eternal life. It was your dying. It was the shed blood on Calvary's cross where the Bible says they nailed him in the hands. They nailed him in his feet to an old rugged cross. There, there was an old rugged cross where they shoved thorns on my Savior's head. And because he died, I can live. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And not just that he died, but the Bible says that three days 
later, my Jesus got up out the grave. He didn't do it for himself, but he did it for me. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. I dare somebody stand to their feet. I dare wherever you're at right now and declare because he did it for me. Uh, because he died for me. I'm accepting him as my Lord and Savior. I'm accepting him and I'm born again into eternal life because he lives there's power in my battle there's power in his blood there's power in his name and because he lives I promise you that I can face tomorrow because he lives I, I promise you that I'm better off today than what I was simply because he lives. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand. Clap of praise. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, your word has been declared, oh God. And in the midst of everything, God, we, we need more power. Power from on high. Power to tread over the lion and the young adder. Power to tread over the scorpion. Power to receive from you, God. Power to be who you've called us to be, God. Power from on high. And because of your power, because of your wondrous working power that I can face tomorrow. I can face my challenges. I can face my fears. I can face all that I go through. And God, because I trust you, because I love you, I know, God, that you deserve my adoration and my praise. I know that you deserve all that I've been. And because of it, God, because of it, I want you in my life. At this moment, wherever you may be, whether you're in a sanctuary, whether you're in your home, in your car, whether you're at your job, this is a sacred moment of the service. This is not about who's next to you. There's, this is not about what you've done, where you've been, what you've known up until this moment. But if at this moment you're saying, God, I need you in my life. I need your son, Jesus Christ, who died on Calvary's cross for my sins. John 3.16, familiar scripture, everybody knows it. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But I want to park right there because he gave his son for you. He gave his son for you. By name, he knows you. The Bible says he knows every hair on your head. So his son died for you. His son is not the white man's God. His son is not the Asian man's God. His son is not everybody else God. His son is your God. He's your Lord and Savior. 
And if you take the moment right now and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that he'll come in. Scripture teaches us that Jesus said, Lo, I stand at the doorway and knock. And if any man opens up the door, I will come in and sup with him. Supper with them back then was something personal. It was only for family and invited guests. But Jesus said, I'll come in and I'll sup with you. I love you so much that he said, no greater love has any man given than to lay down his life for his friend. And he said, today you are no longer disciples, but today you are a friend of God. Will you accept Jesus Christ into your life? Will you accept him as your Lord and Savior? Tomorrow's not promised. This is not a scare tactic. But tomorrow is not promised. Five minutes from now is not promised. He said, I'm offering it to you right now. Will you accept it? That may not be you. You may be backslidden. You know Jesus Christ. You know he's your Lord and Savior, but you walked away from him. You felt like the world was more to you than who he is. He said, I'm standing here with open arms, coming back. Your tattoos, your piercings, the transgressions you've done, the sins you've committed. I'm still standing here with open arms waiting for you to come back to me. Will you come back to him today? Will you come back? Are you the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter? Will you come back today? He's here for you. If there's healing, there's power in prayer for healing. There's power in prayer for deliverance. There's power in prayer. For whatever you're going through, he just simply says, take the step and the leap of faith and trust me. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Nor leave your seed begging bread. There is life and life more abundantly. So do me a favor. If that's not you, ask the person around you, are you saved? Simple question, are you saved? And have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your blessing. And God, as we have come into this sanctuary to worship, we thank you, God, for you being in the midst of this place, in the midst of every home, in the midst of every situation. Now, God, show yourself to be true. Show yourself to be righteous. Show yourself to be holy. Touch the lives of your people. Touch the lives of those who are on the fence about who you are. We thank you, God, for all that you are, for all that you've been. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God is an awesome God today. If you don't know him to be an awesome God, I, I encourage you to reach out to us here at LCCI. 
MD. If you're looking for a church to partner with, if you're looking for a church that's going to pour the word into you, but not only the word into you, but the love of God into you, we would love to have you here. Our motto is where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty in receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. I've never felt as good as I feel now in my life. And I want you to feel that same thing too. I want you to feel that same experience. Amen. 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 We're going we're gonna to move on with our service. And Liberty, it's offering time. It's offering time. Hallelujah. It's offering time. The same way that we prepared our heart for the word, prepare your hearts to give. God said he loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Be blessed by this video. Pastor Johnson, again, listen, the Bible says that he that soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Let every man purpose in his heart because God loves a cheerful giver. Give. Hallelujah. And it shall be given to you. How? Good measure. Press down. You've heard the scripture before. Shake it together and running over shall men, men and women, people, give unto your bosom. And as you sow into good ground today, and I believe that Liberty Christian Church International is that good ground. As you do so, you're going to live in the exceeding, the abundantly, the above all that you can ask or think according to the power working in you. Put a seed and match it with your faith. God has trusted us with the 90%. All we got to do is take the 10 and tithe it, sow it, give it freely, willingly, with a giving spirit. God is looking at not only what you give, but how you give it. Today, I want to challenge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to sow into LCCI Ministries. God is going to do something amazing in your ministry and your business and the lives of your children that you're going to break cycles of poverty and defeat and just, just bad cycles of, of, of just terrible things going on in the span of your life. I decree that the expiration date begins today of all of those bad seasons and that today begins the good report, the new chapter, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow with it. I want to challenge you to give as God purposes in your heart. God bless you. Thank you so much. You can give via Cash App at LCCIMD. You can also give online at LCCIMD.org slash give. I'm looking for God to do something in your life. Stay with us. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. God is an amazing God. And if you have your offerings, we 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 still going to confess and make our declarations over our offering. God is an able God. God is a willing God. And God will pour into you what your heart's desire is to pour. And so now we're at that place in our service, amen, that we've come to an end. If you have enjoyed this word, if you have been empowered by this word, we would love to hear from you. Connect with us. Connect with this ministry, knowing that God is an awesome God. And right now on your screen right now, I know you see the banner and you see the logo right now. I'm going to give you a couple of announcements that we have real quick. The next Saturday, this Saturday coming up, July 18th, Liberty is going to have our very first dinner sale. 
Amen, amen. Right now on the screen, you should see the flyer for it. We have some fantastic chefs, and we have our awesome worship. We have our awesome deaconess who handles all of our uh, our hospitality stuff. She has put this together, Deaconess Tansy Cherry, that will make sure that your stomach is fed. We feed the spirit, but we're going to make sure that your soul and your flesh are fed on next Saturday. At the bottom of the screen, there's a number right now. You can call and text your orders. We're doing fish. We're doing chicken. You can text those orders to 301-877. You keep seeing that lovely food tray, 887, sorry, 301-887-5259. You can text your orders there. We will be delivering orders or you can pick up the orders. We're going to be in Fairfax Village on this day and we're just amazed and exciting about what God is getting ready to do here at Liberty. All funds are going to our building fund. We got some more news coming out about that very soon and very shortly, but we are excited about this. So make sure you get your, your get your orders in right now. I know you see that fish keep scrolling on your screen. Pastor, don't eat fish, but make sure you see that fish on the screen and make sure that's not a Photoshop thing right there. That's the real food, and that's how the real food going to look and taste. Amen. But if all hearts and minds are prepared and are ready for us closing out, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this worship, God. We thank you for this experience with you, God. Now, God, we ask you right now to be in the midst and in the presence of all that we do and all that we are. We honor you with everything in our life, oh God. So we worship you and we magnify your name. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us, to the most high, to the wise God, to the ultimate power and authority of our lives, both now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And as always, live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. We will see you next week and be blessed. <laughs>